Do babies have a natural instinct to sleep? Getting a better understanding of what my partner needed and what my children really needed, that's made a huge difference. Yes, yeah. otherwise I can get a little bit overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, I think lots of parents can relate to yeah. that. You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt. Getting my kids to eat something that isn't a white food can be a total chore, but I know that no matter what, they have access to a balanced diet, diet and good nutritious food. But shockingly, one in five Aussie kids don't have that privilege. In a country as lucky as ours, it's hard to believe that millions of families are frequently faced with the burden of choosing between paying the bills and putting a meal on the table for their kids. Joining us now is Brianna Casey, CEO of Food Bank, an organisation dedicated to shining a light on this hidden hunger issue affecting thousands of Aussie kids. Hi, Brianna. How are you? Hello. I'm well and you. Good. Thank you. Now, I um, have a very comfortable lifestyle and I always grew up with one as well and most of my friends do as well. I think it's quite difficult for people in that um, scenario to imagine having to choose between buying food and paying the bills. Can you give us a picture of how these families are living and why they're faced mm. with these kinds of choices? I think it is surprising and shocking to a lot of Australians to think that we do in fact have a hunger problem here in the lucky country. The stark reality is our Food Bank Hunger Report last year showed us that 3.6 million Australians at some point throughout the year didn't have the means by which to put a meal on the table. They didn't know where their next meal was coming from. And the really shocking statistic for me as a mum and as the national CEO of Food Bank, one in five Australian children has been food insecure in the last 12 months. That is a shocking statistic and something we must do something about. Why does this happen? I mean, I know that's probably the million-dollar question, but how is it still happening? It is. It is a really confronting situation, and I think we need to bust a few myths from the outset here. I think a lot of people make assumptions that food insecurity, and, and it's different to hunger. I've got two boys, and, and any mum and dad out there knows the most common words you hear out of those mouths are, I'm hungry. And uh, I know as we go into school holidays and so on, we hear it a lot more. But the difference is I've got the ability to feed those hungry children. For a lot of families, for an increasing number of Australian families, they simply don't have that food to provide to their children. And if we look at the reason it's happening, it's multifaceted. So we've got our number one biggest contributor to food insecurity being bill shock. So it's that really high cost of gas and electricity prices, utility costs, water prices at home. And when you haven't got much of a household buffer in your household budget, it just doesn't take much to tip your budget over the edge. It might be that you miss a shift at work. It might be your employer goes out of business. It might be that the fridge goes or you need new tyres on the car. And if you haven't got some funds squirrelled away to be able to pay for that, all of a sudden you're making a conscious decision between heating and eating. And and. Yes, and I still can't quite get my head around the paying the bill before mm. the food. Is that because there's a consequence that comes back to you if you don't pay the bill? I mean, of course there's a consequence if you don't buy food, there but is. you feel like we can push through that. But if I don't pay the bill, they'll cut our electricity off. Correct. And I think when you've got children as well, there's those added burdens and added expectations. I know that one of the things that we hear from a lot of parents who've got school-aged children is they've got to have devices at school to do their homework or to do their study. It's part of going to school and the costs of keeping those devices going. So you're looking at your telecommunications costs on top of gas and electricity. And if you've got children that have medical conditions and they need to be in a stable climate, these are the sorts of things you can't make a choice. You need to heat your home or cool your home in summer. So they are tough decisions and parents shouldn't have to make an impossible choice between feeding their family 
or heating their home. It's just absurd to think that that's going on here in Australia, but it is happening. In fact, food banks assisting 652,000 people every month with food relief. It's a staggering number of people. Isn't that incredible? And um, when it comes to, I know you said there's lots of different reasons, but um, one thing I find it hard to get my head around is um, our wages mm. and what the average income is compared Correct. to how all the other costs are keep keep rising, housing, yeah. affordability, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, do we have an idea of what bracket of income is most impacted by food insecurity? It's starting to affect a range of brackets. Obviously, we see a lot of people affected by food insecurity that are homeless people living on the street. But now, it's just as likely to be someone living on your street that's suffering from food insecurity. So we're seeing a lot of people who are living on or near the poverty line. And we know that wages are too low in Australia to be able to sustain the costs of living. We know that things like new start payments simply aren't high enough to be able to cover the costs of living in Australia. So we've got this really tricky situation where costs of living continue to escalate, but wages aren't keeping up with that. And we're seeing a, a shift in the generation that's affected. If we look at the three biggest demographics that are uh, affected by food insecurity that Food Bank assists, the number one biggest one, 50% of the people we assist, are working Australians. They might be underemployed, but they are employed in some way. So we're not talking about this stereotypical image that you might see on the front of some um, daily newspapers where it's, you know, your, your dull bludger mentality. That's not what we're talking about here. We are talking about people working really hard, trying to find a job or, or in a job and trying to get additional hours that are really seriously affected. Our second biggest demographic is children. And it's not just school-aged children, it's right through to young adults as well. So we're seeing a generation of millennials and university students and TAFE students who are leaving home for the first time and the skyrocketing rental prices, let alone being able to afford your first home, these are really tough times for our young people and we want to make sure we've got that safety net and that buffer that we can provide them. And when we look at school-aged children, our best means to getting assistance to those children is through food bank school breakfast programs and we're incredibly proud of the work that we do there. You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking with Brianna Casey. She's the CEO of Food Bank and we're talking about the appalling fact that um, one in five Australian kids don't have access access to a balanced diet and good nutritious food and Brianna's just been busting a few myths there in terms of who it is that's needing this help. Um, you just mentioned there the breakfast programs that the food bank has um, as the best way to get in to help children in particular. Can you tell me a bit more about that and why you chose to focus on breakfast? Yeah. Look, we distribute our food through a network of two and a half thousand charities nationally and their household names, Salvos, Vinnie's, Red Cross, Anglicare, right down to local soup vans, soup kitchens, women's domestic violence shelters. We're essentially a giant kitchen pantry for those uh, charitable organisations. But what we found very clearly and particularly through the Food Bank Rumbling Tummies report was with so many children going hungry and in particular, we talked about those one in five Australian children experiencing food insecurity, one one in 10 of those children, so not one in 10 kids, but one in 10 food insecure children goes an entire day without eating once a week. So they're waking up in the morning with rumbling tummies. They're going to school with rumbling tummies. They're being asked to concentrate and live and learn and laugh and play with their peers with nothing in their lunchbox. They're asked to go to extracurricular activities or, or wander home from school And then there's nothing for dinner either. And then they start that process again. So we know the best possible thing that we can do for these families, one is knowing where they are and encouraging parents 
to look past the judgment and stigma concerns that they might have and acknowledge that they need some help. We can't help people if we don't know where they are. And I think we've got a really important obligation as people in the community to start breaking down some of the stigma and stereotypes around food insecurity. It's happening to an increasing number of people. They are not experiencing this through any fault of their own. We need to get past the stigma so we can find those families and help them. And when it comes to school breakfast programs, we have 1,750 schools nationally that we are either fueling a school breakfast program for a third party or delivering those programs ourselves. And it is a safe, fun, fabulous environment for these children to come into. We don't segment it, so it doesn't matter whether or not it's my boys who've come to school and want to have a second breakfast or, or whether it's someone who genuinely hasn't eaten. They can all come together. There's no stigma attached to it. They can hang out with their mates, make some toast, have some cereal, piece of fruit, nice healthy start to the day, which means that they can go into class. They learn better. They engage better. They're respectful of their peers and their, their educators as well. So we want to make sure they have the best possible start to their day. It's such a fabulous program, as is everything that you guys do, and so important. So how can people get involved and help support you? Yeah, look, our biggest challenge right now is funds. Because a lot of the work that we do at Food Bank is through food rescue, we're rescuing food that might be surplus or it might have damaged packaging or it might be all the the products that we're seeing in the news a lot lately through War on Waste. It might be bananas that are too bendy or watermelons that are too big. We rescue all of those fruit and vegetables and we rescue food that wouldn't otherwise make it through to the supermarket. But our farmers are becoming more efficient, which is wonderful. And our food and grocery manufacturers are also becoming more efficient, which equally is fantastic, but it means there's less food for us to manufacture. So we have to purchase and manufacture food to keep up with supply. So we really need help with fundraising so that we can purchase and, and obtain more food. We love to see volunteers in our warehouses. We love to see people helping us. At the moment, we've got a couple of really exciting days coming up where we're packing hampers for drought-affected communities because, again, busting some myths here, Food insecurity just doesn't happen in the cities. In fact, a third of food insecure Australians live in the bush. Wow. So we're working really hard to help our farmers right now. They're our most generous donors in terms of giving us that wonderful fresh produce. But gee, they need our help and we're delighted to be able to give back right now. Oh, brilliant. Okay, well, we I won't ask you for the website now because we'll put it on ours and people can go and find the links. Fantastic. Brianna, thank you so much for your time today. And you, thank you so much. That was Brianna Casey from Food Bank. And to find out more about food insecurity and Aussie children, or to find out how you can help, just head to our website, search for Food Bank, that's one word, at kindling.com.au. You've been listening to Kindling Conversation. If you enjoyed it, there's plenty more where that came from. Find other stories and interviews at our website. Just head to kindling.com.au.